everybody uh, here with Brian and Sterling. We're talking about the sermon from this past uh, Sunday. We began a new teaching series uh, from this past Sunday called Beyond Obedience. Brian, talk about where we're headed with this series. Every parent imagines their kid being obedient. And we tend to think of kids in terms of obedient and disobedient. That may be a leftover from the 70s and 80s, but that's the way I think of kids. Obedient and disobedient and all that. But there is there is more work to do than the work of deciding what is obedience and not obedience. There's beyond obedience. And we said on Sunday that that is parenting towards wisdom. Parenting towards wisdom and uh, that was a big uh, that was a big part of this is to understand the significance of wisdom. And you said this, you said wisdom wants to be acquired, uh, that th- that wisdom uh, wants to be had. Yeah, it's good news for in- anyone, not just parents, but to walk in the way of wisdom um, and move away from folly is to go with wisdom. Wisdom wants that. You know, we said that uh, in the scripture there, wisdom is personified. She gets a voice. And she's always saying, come in here. I've prepared things for you. I really want you to turn away from folly and turn away from foolish ways. Don't let those ways become your character. But of course, the problem is folly has a voice too. We call, you know, the Greeks taught us to call wisdom Sophia. And we sometimes use that name. I don't know that fo- the foolish woman has a name. Yeah, maybe just fool or something <laughs> along those lines. But, but the, fool, the fool and Sophia both call out and try to capture our our attention and our kids' attention. That's right. You said, so what's beyond obedience is wisdom. Uh, and then you said, so how do you avoid foolishness and lead our kids towards wisdom? You said that's the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And I didn't really get a chance, didn't want to take the time, I guess, to dig into fear of the Lord, I'm trying to give the listeners credit to know that that's not just simply, I'm terrified of God. In the same way, you know, to, to fear your dad or to fear any authority rightly it just means to give them reverence and respect and in the case of god awe and wonder right i thought it was such a great uh sermon and uh, you you talked about it from several po- uh, perspectives but one of those was uh just talking about authority and almost empowering uh parents to to recognize their own authority over their kids you know, we always, you know, we talk about authority a lot because anytime you're talking about government, talking about church and then family and marriage, you know, Frank, not just family, like obviously you're an authority over the kids, but there is a submission in marriage. There is a submission in government, submission in church. All authority is derived from God. So, you know, there's ways to misuse that and to misuse authority is to lie about God which we didn't talk about that Sunday either, but to misuse your authority and have harsh authority or abdication of authority is to misrepresent God because all authority comes from the author, which is where the word comes from, uh, and the author is God. Right. I I like how uh, when you're talking about authority, it it almost, you know, you can hear the parents, some of us that are thinking, well, if I was in charge around here, (laughs) this is what I, this is what I do. Uh, But you're saying you are in charge. Yeah, and anytime you're in charge of anything, it's a good you got to start with what exactly are we doing? Yeah. Which is, you know, you're you're trying to go after their heart. Once you can establish I'm in charge, what exactly are we doing? Then you get the like cascade of logic. Well, I'm going to go after their heart, not just their begrudging submission to my words. I'm going to try to get in there 
And that's going to require communication. So the heart will be what we talk about this coming Sunday. Communication will be the following Sunday. And then finally, after you've got your walls dripping with love, because you're the you're an authority and you can decide that. After you're going after a child's heart, not just you know their body of where they stand and you know what they say, and you're doing that through communication, both talking to them and listening to them, then you can correct your kids. Right. Yeah. And correction goes so much better once you've got those other things established. And I think that they do have to be lined out. Once you get past the point of uh, – it, it does feel like we live in a, a community, society. We've talked about this a little bit before, but where it's almost like your kid is asking to see your supervisor. Like, I need to talk <laughs> right. to somebody else who's, like, yeah. really in charge uh, around here. Yeah. I, I told you this example one time. Jen and I were over at some, some people's house. Not anybody who goes to Valley Life, but th- their kid got in trouble. And the mom was threatening the kid that if he didn't straighten up, that she was going to call Santa Claus. Like she was deferring to the higher yeah. the higher authority, yeah. which is somewhat humorous. But I kind of get it as well. Like we're, we, we deflect this. You've called us and you, what you were saying in sermon. We're in charge. Uh, the call isn't to be perfect or necessarily to be right. But it is to recognize that we're in charge and to be responsible for what God has entrusted to us. You know, you think about it, you and I work with church planners a lot. And even in a church planner's life, if you don't recognize um, being being in authority is not like, you know, you're some great king and everybody listens to you so that I have to be right all the time. Right. It's just simply I'm in charge, meaning I'm responsible. Right. What happens here is going to fall back on me. So in light of that, how do you want things to go? I mean, right. you, you got to pick. Like, you got to set your budget. And it's the same thing in, in the house. So where are these kids going to go? It, it's a, I think it's a big waste of time to ask them. Parents are always asking their kids, you know, little kids even. Sure. Well, do, do you want to do this? And right. Hey, is, do you think it's time to do so-and-so? And I understand where people are coming from, but they don't know. The right. kids don't know, right. and you're asking them to answer questions that you're supposed to have the answers to in many cases. You said uh, you said commandments are commanded. Uh, that, that I think that that I thought about that statement uh, quite a bit this week uh, because it's it, it's not a redundant statement. It, it just sounds like a you know well of course they are commandments are commanded, but what you're what you're talking about is that uh, these aren't optional. Um, this isn't democracy at work. This is the recognition of the significance of the commandments. Yeah, since I, you know, after preaching it, I was thinking about that little statement, commandments are commanded. How, how can I illustrate that going forward? Because I liked it, and I thought, man, that should be a part of how I talk about things. I think it's like people see the Ten Commandments, and in some cases the commandments like love your neighbor as yourself, kind of like a stop sign in the road. Yeah. Like this is what is supposed to happen here. I don't know if you're going to do it or not. No one is really um, on you about it. If you get caught, you'll get in trouble. And that's not the way God issues these commands. He says, I'm giving you the command, so here I do want you to stop at this point in the road. And I'm holding you accountable to command that to other people, and I'm holding them accountable to command that to their children, and they are to tell their children. So these commands come with also a, a separate command to get this into other people's minds you said god doesn't give us the choice to give our kids a choice right man uh you there's that uh uh, quote that you had uh or that tweet from beth moore 
and it basically ends up with they ain't the boss. Yep. I, I really liked uh, I saw on Facebook some people had taken a picture of of that tweet and put it on their own Facebook and they they posted it like a revelation. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize it would be that big of a revelation for people, but I'm happy for people to have that aha moment. I guess it seems pretty, you know, 50-50, which would be better, to let my kids discover the truth of God and the gospel or to tell them from the beginning. You no, know, And maybe parents thought of it as, I don't know which way to go, and right. some went this way and some went that. But this is telling us, no, it's not 50-50 at all. Right. To let your kids decide would be sinful on your part. Right. And then Beth Moore said, just take them to church. It works. It works really, really well. Right. I I grew up in a home where, you know, we did not, there was no democracy uh, about anything. Um, I do think that there is a shift in the way that we think in terms of, you know, uh, I think even, you know, my parents would probably say maybe they were a little too rigid on certain aspects of of our upbringing. Uh, But we certainly never had a family vote that I can recall on any occasion for, for anything. Especially um, not whether or not we're going to worship God this week. No, 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 no. It was, uh, you know, you know, you were in the car yeah. for sure. You were in the car. Um, you said commandments are uh, commanded, but commandments also uh, are for teaching fear of God. And I know you've already touched on that, on that fear of God uh, concept, but um when you're you're you went into proverbs uh chapter five and you gave you kind of used proverbs chapter five as an illustration of how we're communicating um these things and and what that looks like can you elaborate on that at all yeah well commandments are commanded uh you're the one held accountable if you don't command them now they'd be held accountable if they don't obey them then secondly, commandments are for teaching fear of God. So if you go back to that, you know, silly Beth Moore tweet, taking your kids to church, parents will say, and I can just, I can imagine people listening to this saying, no, I know this one family, uh, they took their kids to church and it just didn't work. Right. The kid never did like it. Right. Well, what do we mean by didn't work? Because the, the commands um, are, you're, you're to command them and they're to teach the fear of God so that they know that God has a plan and that we are sinners. So if you think that commanding your kids to do stuff, setting up rules and the way things are going to happen is for the purpose of your kid um, eventually saying, I'm really glad you did that. That's that may happen. That may not happen. That's not what they're for. What they're for is to draw the distinction between who God is and who you and your children are. And that can happen whether it's obedience or disobedience. Absolutely. Uh, then, you, like you said, Proverbs five. I just thought that was a um, a pretty good, like very good illustration of a sneak peek or eavesdrop in on someone actually doing it. And when you watch him or listen to him talk to his kid, and it turns out he's actually talking to several sons, um, he only issues a command once: don't go to her house. The rest of the time. He's talking about the goodness of the commands. He's talking about the uh, the um, attention that he wants his kids to pay to him when he's talking, even though he hasn't yet said the command. And then after he says the command, don't go near the door of her house, he says, this will be so good for you. And right. in my experience, that was the bulk of my parenting. And I did it differently with Bailey than I did with Britt because they're different kids. 
But mostly I was talking about, hey, the rule that we talked about earlier, here's why it's so good for you. Here's the way um, I was thinking when I when I told you about it. It's talking about the commands more than issuing or enforcing commands. Right. Right. And I, and, and I think you, you brought that out in the sermon, just talking about that. that, that it's not uh, necessarily based upon you for... Uh, for, for you to be pleased, right. you're, you're not just saying it from your vantage point. Like you have this particular agenda. Yeah. If you'll do this, my life will be so much easier. Right. That's bad leadership. But, but to, to recognize, I'm trying to tell you, this is the best thing for you. Yep. And I think it, that, that we sometimes can bypass that in our parenting. Uh, uh, some, sometimes just because I think we're trying to just get through the moment and we're trying to just kind of hurry up and like make this, you know, go away or disappear the and way so, Brooke and I talked about that when we were raising kids is this is our real life. Yeah. We're not trying to get through this parenting moment to get back to our real life. Right. No, this is our real life. Right. And, and, and when you're using the, the, the passage from Proverbs, you're, you're, you're saying this is how life is. It, the, the, the picture that's being painted is uh, the whole buildup from the, the lips of a forbidden woman drip uh, honey and her speech is smoother than oil. You're, you're pointing that out to say... This is what you're facing. Yeah. This is what it looks like in yeah. in real time. In that case, and I remember doing this as well. I mean, you're saying, son, you're going into the world of men. Yeah. Let me tell you what is what you know, this is one aspect of the world of men. You're gonna deal with women. And here's and he's kind of laying out the the way things are before he lays out a rule. In yeah. light of the way things are, in light of I want, you, I want you to listen to what I'm saying in light of how I'm for you. You know I've always used my authority selflessly and to benefit you. Don't go near the door of her house. Right, yeah. Instead of saying, listen, I'm in charge. Don't get near the door of her house or my love is on the line here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and when you're parenting from that perspective rather than from uh, simply based upon uh, – out of authority or for the sake of I'm 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 the ruler I'm in charge around here which we've already established those things are true yeah but if that's the only basis for it is so that I can exert that the the authority is to lead towards uh, looking out for for them for their own uh, decision making and uh, so my favorite thing from the sermon, probably for this past Sunday, which, you know, I, I, I appreciate different aspects. I take different notes. But, you know, you started the sermon uh, on Sunday uh, by saying, here's what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you ready to sing. Yeah. Uh, I, I love at Valley Life. We always have a next step to take. And I know that, you know, we're always looking for those. But you, you really brought that next step. You put that on the T at the very beginning of the service. So what, what, what was going on with that for you? Cause that's not always how you're, you're speaking. Yeah. Uh, Sunday was funny because that was the most people we've ever had in church at one time. That wasn't a Christmas or an Easter. Okay. And the first service, you know, the 9am was really low. I mean, everybody was coming to the second because of the event afterward. So in that first service, I didn't say, Hey, this, I want you to think about this lyric and be ready to sing it. Um, I'm thankful for how the Lord used that sermon, and I'm glad everybody got to hear it. But as I was thinking through, like, I want to do a better job in the second service of drawing out, hey, you're going to hear things that make you feel guilty as a parent yeah. because these commands are commanded. 
Right. Since they're commanded, you didn't do them all. We, we do them imperfectly, and we do them selfishly, foolishly, sinfully. Can you repent of your parenting? And I know that is a touchy, touchy subject. Of course. It's got to be. I think, it, I, was imagine, I think it's probably as close to saying, hey, some of the ways you use sex is sinful. To repent of your sex is really hard. To repent of your parenting right. is really hard. But I thought that's where Proverbs 5 really helped me out a lot because he says, don't go near the door of her house or else you'll end up saying in the gathered assembly, oh, I wish I would have listened to my dad. And then you just imagine, what would it be like for your, maybe even after a parent is long gone, they've already had your funeral, and now this kid is maybe 50 years old, and he's going, wow, I wish I would have listened to my dad. And I'm turning around and looking at my life thinking, I should change. Well, that's good news. Sure. Like, that is fantastic news. So that's when I was thinking, you don't have to get this done before their senior year. Take the pressure off of yourself. If your kid doesn't love Jesus and walk in his ways by the time they went to college, hey, who knows what the Lord's going to do? Even if you go to your grave not knowing that your child is walking with the Lord, if if you've taught them, you've commanded the commandments so that they show fear of the Lord or teach fear of the Lord, you've done your job. Yeah, and I think living that out uh, of our own uh, fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. and and as we're you know conveying that, uh, but you're getting ready to sing boldly. I approach my Father, clothed in Jesus's righteousness. There is no more guilt to carry. It was finished upon that cross. And just like, just like always, I I finish the service. I go home and I think, did we do it? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I used to wonder. I'd go to church with dad and think, well, did we do what we went to do? Right. And the only marker I had at that time was, did someone come forward and become a Christian? How was the, what was the response to the invitation? Yeah. Yeah. Or were a bunch of people down there praying, you know, at the end, that's the only way I knew to judge it. But now I, I, I'm really happy when people come to faith in Christ. That's one way to think about it. But also we came to be able to say, I really believe this in the deepest parts of me. And maybe some of the deepest parts is where we parent. That's deep inside of us. And if we can say, even where I have failed there, I have no more guilt to carry. It was finished upon the cross. If we were able to do that, then we did what we came to do. Yeah, I think that it, I think that that was, there is an intimate aspect of the parenting where we have to examine it. I know Jenna and I, we, I mean, we talked about, um, you know, we talked about some of those things for ourselves and just, you know, what is it that we're doing how are we parenting? What is it that we're, you know, trying to uh, accomplish there? And to recognize, as you said, that we have fallen short, um, you know, but to also recognize there's repentance uh, that is awaiting, you know, so we get to make turn that turn that corner. Um, I, I, I think that I'm not always expecting. I mean, I'm learning this from you uh, for the gospel to be evident in our parenting or for the gospel uh, to be on display through our repentance that has to do with our parenting. Uh, I think uh, I, I would, I would expect there'd be a lot of people captured by the significance of that. I know pa- parenting is pa- is a passion for you. I would say, yeah. you know, it's something that's near and dear to you yeah. uh, where you keep talking about it. Yeah. And I was, one more thing. I, I do think that one of the best things you can do to show, you know, the fear of the Lord, push your kids towards wisdom, illustrate the gospel, is to repent of your parenting to your kids. 
We're not, what's that word? We're not utterly sinful parents, Yeah. but we are completely sinful parents. Right. We didn't do every bad thing we could have done, but every good thing we that we did was still imperfect. Yeah. So they know, they know. And when we can say, um, I'm not, I'm not living in the shame of my mistakes and selfishness. I'm free from them, but I can't acknowledge right. my, you know, my selfishness, foolishness and sinfulness in parenting. And that shows them, Hey, I really believe this. Yeah, no, it does. And, and it's probably a whole other discussion. Maybe we'll get to it in the next couple of weeks, but not asking you, but we've had, I've had this discussion with others. How many times have you, did you hear your parent apologize to you? How many times have you apologized to your kids? Yeah. And it, it, it can be a small number. That's all that I'm going to go on record as saying. It, right. It's not. And, and I think that that becomes a, a point of reference for our kids. I uh, hope that this really lends itself to some good discussion questions in the uh, community groups. I hope that, that the insight that Brian's providing is really uh, enhancing uh, just even the way you're thinking through the sermon. But I also um, would encourage you to keep that keep that song in front of your your heart and your mind that we can uh, come boldly before our Father. So thanks for spending some time with us. And Brian, thanks for all of your contribution. Yeah. Hey, Valley Life, I love you guys. Press on.